Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the Bad Coyote Funky Podcast, issue number 73. This week, we dive into Dave's annual Halloween edition of the movie club. This time around, Dave chose quite possibly one of the scariest movies ever made. But before we dive in, let's say hello to our cast this week. Joining us, we have, as always, Dave the Bearded Menace. Do you know what she did? TV's Casey. Hey. Jay's Mac. Hey, hey. That's formerly known as Jason, for those of you tuning in, previous coming back. <laughs> and Dot Chris. What a lovely day for an exorcism. And that used to be Chris. Good one. Called, Dot Chris. Good one. You got it. You Man, got it. I wish I thought of that. That was great. That was good. <laughs> that was good. I'll be your host for the evening, Booster Greg, as Sergio is bedridden due to some bad pea soup he had earlier. Oh, so hi. our thoughts and prayers go out to him. Get well soon, buddy. Uh, as always, we have a couple of items that we need to get out of the way before we dive into Movie Club Halloween Edition. So, first get out of the way in our big nerd news of the week is um, the trailer for Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, Rockstar's been like teasing us the entire week since Monday, and we finally got a trailer this morning. So, guys, what do you think? Like, I'm excited. Like, I've been waiting for this game. Like, it's one of the first games that got me back into gaming. Like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, like, I actually started playing Grand Theft Auto V before I started playing um, Red Dead Redemption. And it was Sergio who told me, if you like Grand Theft Auto V, the only reason why that game is as great as it is is because of Red Dead Redemption. You have to play Red Dead Redemption. And just, like, John Marston, man, like, the G of all Gs, dude, like, the G of all Gs, like yeah. what do you, what do you, you mean think? the the Oest of Gs? That that <laughs> game. So the first the first Red Dead Redemption, I uh, I got when it first came out, and it was one of the hottest summers I remember. And I remember <laughs> just sitting there, like in the side room at my parents' house, because that was like my bedroom. That wasn't even a real bedroom. It was just this makeshift, and it was so hot. There's no air conditioning, just like sweating, and then just like being in this like desert environment in like Red Dead, and just being like, man, this is like. 4D <laughs> gaming right now is what this is. This is yeah. like good stuff. And it just like hit me that like, you know, this game is is what it's like to be John Wayne. If you ever wonder, be like, man, what it's like to be a badass cowboy and and just say pilgrim a lot. <laughs> well, I nah, for me it was that Red Dead Redemption's as good a guess as any. Red Dead Redemption <laughs> 2. But for me it was more like how, what it was like to be like Clint Eastwood in like the good, the bad and the ugly or like sure. any of those like classic like western movies which that's what this was. It was a classic like spaghetti western. You're asking yourself one question. Did I just show six trailers or seven? No, that's I got one question for you. Forget about it. Forget about it. What's Show. really? <laughs> um, I thought I had a leg up on everybody on Tuesday, and I was like, "Yeah, I watched the trailer," and like I genuinely thought I did, and I was like, "This game looks like it's really bad. Graphics yeah. look like they're awful." I was a fan made. Somebody did like the of old course. like gameplay and everything. I feel. I dumb. watched the same thing. I fell <laughs> into that trap, and I was like, "Oh, sick trailer dropped," and then, and then yep. I then nah. it wasn't. It wasn't. Fooled you. <laughs> but it looks so I refuse to pretty. believe this one. It looks real pretty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah this one. Yeah. Like, the the landscape, like, you know, like, the wooden fences. Dude, the water. And, like, they're, they're yeah. going through that little, like, boat. I just, like, I, I was just watching it, and I just paused it, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> what is this? I'm, I'm super pumped for this game. This is actually my favorite. Well, the first one was my favorite Rockstar game of all time. I'm not a big GTA fan. This is, like where it's at for me, mm-hmm. in all honesty. Um, mostly because I don't think GTA does driving cars that well. No. Nah. It right? just feels mm. off. I think it's just because of the speed and the mechanics and, the, and the, the physics of the game engine they use. But this, like when you're on a horse, it just feels <laughs> right. Well, they what it horses. is also is like GTA doesn't give you the adventure horse. factor that like Red Dead does. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like Red Dead really gives you that adventure like... Especially Red Dead Redemption, going on a bounty like this happened to me. When I go on a bounty, I made a, I made an effort to bring everyone back alive, like an effort. I'm like, not one bounty's coming back dead. They're coming back alive. Right. Go hmm. across the map, pick up my bounty, ride across the map because the town was all the way on the other side of the map, of course, and where the guy was hiding out. 
I am fighting his goons left and right while he's on the ho- on the back of the horse, like just insulting me, just shooting everywhere. Blah blah blah. My horse effing dies. Oh, so God. I fall. I pick up the guy's like body while I'm still tied up, put it behind the horse, and I'm using the horse's cover as his guys are riding by me, like shooting me left and right. I'm playing this one part for like 30 minutes straight. The sun, like the sun's set and the sun's rising at this point. Running out of ammunition. Every single time I kill a guy, I go to get his horse. The horse like runs away. So I have no horse this entire time running out of ammo. <laughs> the sun is rising. And they're coming over the horizon. I will never forget this. They're coming over the horizon. All I see is their silhouettes like against the sun. And I get the dead eye. And it's like, if I'm going to do this, this would be great. If not, I'm going to die with my last six rounds in my fucking revolver. And sure nice. enough, ba ba ba, kill all of them. Your Headshots. red dead revolver? <laughs> they all come like, they all like, all their horses go past me except for one fucking horse decided to stop and eat some grass. So I was like, <laughs> oh my god. Jump on the horse, ride to the guy, grab ammo, put the guy on there, ride straight into town 10 more minutes, get to town, give my bounty, save the game, go outside and smoke my freaking tobacco pipe because it was like the most dieselist adventure ever for like 30 fucking minutes. I, I, can, I can top that story with uh, three words. The dastardly achievement. Slash trophy, depending which you which one you do. What so, was that? But... Have you ever heard of this? If you guys don't know I know what nope. it is. <laughs> Chris knows what I'm talking about. So in Red Dead Redemption number one, if you grab any woman from town, hog tire and put her on the train track and watch a train run over her, you get the dastardly achievement. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah. Curly mustache does. Yeah, see? When I was, uh, like, that was at this point in my life was when I had enough time to do achievement hunting and trophy hunting. Oh my uh, God. So I was looking up the list and I was like, this is a thing? <laughs> All I needed is a monocle and it would have been just perfect. It was, it was Someone it was, was great, going through a divorce during that part <laughs> in their development. Oh my God. Yeah. It was... The uh, old alimony was... railroad. <laughs> <laughs> It's only half completed, though. God, oh, I really wish I knew about that sooner. Fuck. That... You can still play it if you have an Xbox. Well, you don't have Xbox One. Sorry, Dave. If you have an Xbox One, Red Dead Redemption is one of the games that is backwards compatible as well. So, so I do you have a 360. Mind, I still have Red Dead Redemption. So hi. Oh, you still have a 360. So you can still relive this. You could, you could possibly even stream this at some point. Absolutely, Dave. <laughs> I could. In the future. Uh, Casey, there's something you want to bring up, my friend? Yeah, man. We got some Guardian stuff, obviously. Woo. Yeah. Uh, a new poster, a new trailer, a whole bunch of stuff. And by that, I mean just the two things. But <laughs> still, um, I don't know if we had a, a set date. I'm pretty sure we do. But we do. May 5th. It's yeah. 2017. Oh, I wrote the article and everything. Um, yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about it. Uh, it's, it's not my one. fault. The trailer was confusing. It said this summer and then coming soon. Yes. So Well, really this summer is soon. No, it's not. We still have two seasons to go through, bro. There's, that's like a whole half a year. <laughs> I mean, if you want to look at it that way, or there's two less seasons in our way between us and Guardians. I like Ooh. the way you think. Anyway, <laughs> the, uh, the the poster's cool. It's kind of like an old school punk rock band kind of thing where it's in monochrome. They're all leaning up against the wall looking all cool. Yeah. Very like John Hughes movie almost, I guess. And the trailer, though. Oh, man. Yeah. We, get some, we get some action. We get some character reveals. We get a little man-on-man hugging. I gotta admit. Oh, yeah. I literally laughed out loud at that part when he just goes in and, do you need a hug? No, no, I'm fine. Oh, I, I said, I yeah. said no. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> Glad to say. And, and he goes, hug. you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> so great. You need a woman who is pathetic, just like, like you me. are pathetic. <laughs> the I, best uh, part, though, for me is at the end when uh, you have Rocco Raccoon blowing a hole in the screen, right? And then you have a little baby critter on his shoulder, and then the baby critter has a baby jacket. It's <laughs> so, so cute. cute. It's just so I want to punch my own cheeks. Just thinking about it. Just oh, no, wait, barky little cheeks. I can just do this. So for me in the podcast, I'll have Groot in my place here. here ah, nice. Groot. Does he dance? Yeah. yeah. He does, but it gets really loud and obnoxious, and it probably sound terrible. Gotcha. <laughs> Tony Casey, one of these. That, uh, one, I know. I know. We're still planning on our like. Logan slash like um, Sabretooth but one of these comic cons we have to go as Rocket Raccoon and Groot yeah it has to be I'm, done I'm baby Groot and you're the biggest Rocket Raccoon in the entire world <laughs> oh my god that's great <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't even that. need much. I just need a mask. I'm hairy enough for it. That would be Look, so freaking great. <laughs> the scaling is so much better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like Yondu's mohawk, man. It's actually what it's yeah. supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wonder if they're going to go with the uh, the Vulcan Pon Far kind of excuse. Like it's mating season, so his fin is all the way up all the time. Oh, God. That'd be cool. So he's originally supposed to have a, like a fin, basically, then. like he, yeah. He's just really excited there at the hole. <laughs> he's <laughs> oh, peacocking. Yeah. <laughs> um, I heard a lot of people complain about having uh, Hooked on a Feeling uh, be yeah. the song in here. Again, really? yeah, it's I'm one of those people. But really? Yeah. Why? I, I, I would rather of... Well, it's, it's volume two, right? Brand new soundtrack. And yeah, this was like the first thing we saw from them use this song. But I would like to uh, turn the page. And get to just another song, not necessarily a Bob Seger song, but just like <laughs> something else, something different. Uh, just that just really showcases this is a new movie. It's going to have a new soundtrack, stuff like that. Because this would have been a perfect opportunity to show off like the new song for Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm afraid there might not be one. He would have had to go back to Terror for that. No, because he did have a he did have a new tape at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, he did. Oh, his mom that's left right. Volume two that he never opened, mm-hmm. so he would oh. not have to go back to Terra. That's something a Terran would think. <laughs> so speaking of movies and trailers, um, what also dropped today, which is fan fucking tastic, is the trailer for Logan, and what might be the last time we see Logan on screen, or Hugh Jackman playing as Logan, or who knows. But yeah, yeah. definitely dropped today. Um, mm-hmm. My personal opinion, very beautifully shot trailer. Like I thought it was had very like just really good composition when it came to like the photo- like the cinematography and just it looked gorgeous. And of course, playing the Johnny Cash's hurt, which really yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. shows like what Logan might be going through in this like not too distant future. Um hurt mostly. <laughs> a lot of it you might say. The only thing that doesn't make sense to me is like why Xavier's still alive, but I'm pretty sure they'll explain that at somehow some way. Well, he can, he, can, he can body jump. X3. He just body jumps. That's true. Yeah, to into convenient clones. <laughs> into convenient clones. <laughs> the uh, the whole thing kind of looked like the aesthetic from Last of Us. In fact, there were yeah, several right? moments oh, where yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure they just stole the cinematography and shots from Last of Us. Yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't there. hurt that Hugh Jackman does look like Joel. He looks exactly yeah, like he does. Joel. Right? He when does. he's driving the car like and you're looking, the, the camera's looking around, I was like, "That's the opening of the game." <laughs> the little the girl looks like what's her name too? Ellen yep. Page. Ellie. Ellie. Yeah, she looks like Ellie. <laughs> I can't too. believe Wait, it's not Ellie. Ellie. It's not. Oh, well, yeah. So so fun fact about Last of Us that was not Ellen Page. Ellen Page got pissed yeah. that they kind of sort of used her likeness because she was in Beyond Two Souls. Made her naked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the drastically less successful Beyond, Beyond Two, Two Souls. Souls. <laughs> um, I don't know. For me, again, I'm gonna be the one that complains about music today. It was just like to, like I was listening to it. I'm like, of course they would choose this. Song. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. And the more I listen to it, the more I do kind of like it. But it was just so like, you know, you get the grizzled old man mm-hmm. singing the grizzled old man song about how, you know, his life is so painful and he's made mistakes. And he just has to live with them. You don't know what I've been through. Which actually a grizzled old man, his argument is a lot like a, a, a angsty teenager. Hmm. Greg, you don't do know you, what I've been through. You don't know what I've been through. Greg, do you need a, do you need a hug, Greg? <laughs> you don't know me, bub. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just talk like this for the rest of the podcast. You don't know what I'll do next. Uh, but it looks great. Cinematography looks great. Dude, the, that, that final title card, which just says Logan. Yeah. So nice. In so the Last of Us font? <laughs> oh, sorry. No. Few things looks. to note, though. Few things to note. Because I, 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 I watch it like religiously for like an hour straight, pretty much. Um, yep. Few things to note. That last scene where like he locked his claws and there's other claws sticking through. Like... Mm-hmm. Who's that going to be? You know, he's going up against. But not only that, could, like, could I guess. Could be his son. Or could be. But the guys he's hunting up against, like, if you watch it again, it shows, like, the when they're all, like, standing there with their weapons and stuff. Some of the guys are, like, missing, like, body parts. Other guys have, like, scratch marks and, like, cuts in their throats. And it's like, I'm wondering sure, if those sure, are people, yeah. like, he fought and killed. And they came, excuse me, they came, like, came back somehow. Hmm. Well, you also have Vash the Stampede in there, right? That guy looks like Vash the Stampede. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, like yeah. The Vash the Stampede glasses? Wolverine versus the $60 billion double-dollar man. <laughs> I'd be okay with that, not going to lie. But, yeah, like, this is definitely going to be, like, and he said it also, like, the last movie that Hugh Jackman is in the play Wolverine. Yeah. And it makes you wonder, like, 
Who's until next? Until they offer him way more money. Say again? Until they offer him way more money. Yeah, I know, right? But no, it's yeah. it really goes down to like Wolverine. What Hugh Jackman did for Wolverine is what like Robert Downey Jr. did for like Iron Man. He's they are these characters. Oh yeah, you know. You know? Granted, Hugh Jackman's much taller than Wolverine. He's like my height. You know, he doesn't fit like the size. He does fit that personality, that persona, that look. You know, like he looks more like Wolverine now than when he did in the first X Men. Sure, sure, yeah, because he's he's put on more muscle mass too. Yeah. And he just looks more grizzled, just like how Wolverine should look. Yeah. He's, a, and again, he's, a, he's a huge Ackman. <laughs> <laughs> You're fired. I'm going to just get ex- no, you. No, please. Yeah, I really wanted to be on this episode. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. I, w- I should have left my cursor on the overlay, and I could have shown you. Uh, anyways, yeah. I mean, like, what's important to note is, yeah, he's he is taller, but um, they did base the ultimate version of Wolverine more on him. And they really just even the, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe uses more the ultimate stuff than they do the normal continuity. So that's not too bothersome. But I'm I'm just so torn about this movie. I don't know if I want to see it or not. I don't know if it's gonna be good. Because yeah. I'm having these like flashbacks to X Men Origins Wolverine. Wolverine. I said the same thing, dude. Wolverine. Like yeah. I honestly tried my best not to like this. Like I really tried hard not to like this at all. Yeah. But I kind of did. You know, I really, really, I really kind of yeah. did. I'm going back and forth. Although, like, the beard just doesn't look like Wolverine. Uh, and, it, it, you know, he, he should have the beard. But it's just, it's weird to see Hugh Jackman not with the mutton chops and being right. Wolverine. Like, right <laughs> now, I just think he's he's Jean Valjean to me right now. Nah. <laughs> Wolverine on the run That's for all. stealing bread. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's with Professor X. He's just like, one day more. And he's just brings in the song. That's oh for the drama God. nerds out there. And speaking of nerds, we got our first look Ooh, yeah. at the new, what was formerly known as Nintendo NX, now called the Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. It's fun because it switches. It switches yeah. into modes. Uh, so essentially, if you have been living under a rock and don't know about this, uh, this is what people wanted out of the Wii U. So what you have is you have your at-home console hooked into your TV and you're playing Zelda, right? And your dog's barking and you're having a good time. Uh, and then your dog's like, yo, I got to go for a walk, man. You got to take me for a walk. And you're like, all right, talking dog, I'm going to take you for a walk. You <laughs> unhook the sides yeah, dog. from the controller and you put them into what looks like a tablet almost. And you can just go take your dog for a walk while playing. Your dog's like, yo, I'm just going to go run around. And you're like, all right, dog, that's cool. And then you're sitting there, you're playing Zelda in the park until the sun goes down. It gets really dangerous. And you're like, yeah, I got some stuff. And your dog is long run away. I know. You're (laughs) a dog. You do you. Do you feel like ignoring your dog indoors? Outdoors? (laughs) In your car? And then you end up in the you end up in the airport somehow with your girlfriend and she's like, Yeah, where's your dog? And you're like, Yeah, it's cool, but look at this. <laughs> Whatever, well, it turns baby. into a dog. So like it's it's a cool yeah, idea, right? Does. Like you can take your games wherever you want. And even like this this Wii U looking almost like the NVIDIA Shield looking thing that it transforms into um you can come apart and it has a kickstand and you can have the two controllers almost like a Wiimote and then nunchuck yep. and play. And so it's just really this like Ultimate mobile experience. <laughs> Nintendo like. rollout. I, yeah, I, I think I think they couldn't get the name Transformer for some reason. I don't know why. I couldn't tell you. Um, but it does look like the idea is cool. When I first watched this, I don't know about you guys, but I thought, man, someone's gonna break this thing really easily. Yeah, like, like the tracks on that, how they slide in and out. That can't. I can't withstand that many switches. I remember when the Wii first came out, how many like controllers were lodged into like the size of TVs and walls. <laughs> yeah, because people were you know playing the sports and all of a sudden, boom, like and it gets stuck in something. So <laughs> who knows? Um, yeah, and you know like Nintendo has always been on the edge of just innovation when it comes to like their gaming in any way, shape, or form. They're like one of the first few to actually have like a portable gaming console. You know, portable gaming console, which was like the Game Boy. Um, and even back in the 16-bit war era, like, um, they, I think they had, like, a better, what, color palette to some of their games, whether Sega Genesis really kind of didn't. Like, there was, like, something they had over Sega. They also, they also had Mode 7. They had uh, the, the beginnings of 3D graphics with shit like uh, Donkey Kong. Oh, yeah. Like claymation models and Star Fox, which is basically 3D. Pretty much, yeah. So, I mean, it it's always been at that that point. Um even like the N sixty four GameCube, those game, those like systems are still coveted by many people. Many people still love yeah. like 
their N64s and just break it out whenever they can. And like same oh, thing with sure. a GameCube. GameCube was a very strong system, but it didn't have that many strong titles except for maybe like uh, Resident Evil, like the remastered Resident Evil Zero. But still, like so, even with the Wii, everyone made fun of the Wii when the Wii first came out. Everyone made fun of the whole nunchuck shit and all that stuff. Then what happened later? Xbox 360 started doing with the Kinect. And then, like, PlayStation 3 started doing it also. So, this but is like going to be... It's it's one of those things, too, where, like, Nintendo is a very interesting company to look at. Because, yeah, they, they did start the uh, motion gaming kind of revolution, if you will. Yeah. Uh, but they really lost track of what the market is about. And they made a lot of money with the Wii. Don't get me wrong. A lot of money. Everyone We're talking had license a to print, baby. <laughs> Even if you didn't, like, game, you had a Wii. Yeah. Because it was so cool. Because you could play tennis in your living room. Yeah. And, you could make and that's all most people cute did. cute cartoon versions of all your friends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that is what most people did. But, like, they lost track of, you know, graphics got better. The, the technology got a lot better. And people want now more photorealistic games or experiences or things that look graphically appealing. VR, now, don't get the me wrong. of the future. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. Like, Nintendo... Zelda, like they look, or Nintendo, Mario, Zelda, they all look great. They're great games. But when you go into the third party games, that's where you really start to go, like, you, I don't know. No, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. And the Wii, that, like, I don't know if a lot of people know this, the, the Wii developers kit was a GameCube with motion controllers. <laughs> so they didn't, and they innovated the way you play, but they didn't change the hardware. Well, Nintendo's always so, Nintendo's always been about like making things affordable and fun, which is why in like um, back in the '90s with the Game Boy versus um, the the what was the Sega handheld system? Game Gear. The Game Gear. That's Game right. Gear. Like yeah. Nintendo won that because they kept their stuff so much more inexpensive. The battery yeah. lasted a lot longer than it did before. Sure, yeah. And they just wanted to make their games fun and family friendly, and they had that was kind of like their mission statement, which is why their uh, their systems, uh, with the exception of like the GameCube, really didn't compete in a lot of cases they haven't been able to compete with some of the other systems but that's not what they had been going for and that's why they've always kind of been their own category yeah but they they, they, you lose a lot of consumer base on that so uh fun story for everyone sit around the campfire guys it's gonna be great (laughs) so um i bought a wii u when it came out and i remember because it was super hard to find and i was working at gamestop and my boss was like you know don't tell anyone sorry mark don't tell anyone but like i put one (laughs) aside for you i know you really wanted this i was like awesome sorry like i was so like i was sorry emily i was like hanging out with emily and i was like oh my 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 mom called i gotta you know a family emergency i gotta gotta go real quick (laughs) so i i Bed down 93 and I, I got uh, to, to the GameStop and I picked it up and it was great and I brought it home. I hooked it up and then I went back and I didn't play it that night. Years later and now I'm living with my girlfriend at this point and she has a Wii U. So I was like, oh, I don't need mine. I'll trade mine in. Cool. Trade it in. Wiped it out. Did everything I was supposed to do by the books. And I tried to log into my account on her Wii U, and it wouldn't let me. Bro. It says it was already linked to a different system. Oh, wow. So I called up support, and there's nothing they can do for me. So I lost, like, a not a lot of purchases, but some purchases. I got Earthbound, you know, and I had um, uh, Wind Waker HD hooked to the account, stuff uh-huh. like that. So but, like, something like that, that's a technological advance that Xbox, Microsoft, and Sony have already made where I can just, un, like, literally sign out and sign back in somewhere else, and I'm fine. And it doesn't matter if I'm signed in on another console. I can sign in wherever I want on another console as long as, as long as it's not already online. So there's a lot of stuff like that that you don't really think about that's behind the scenes until mm. it happens to you. Yeah. So it's they keep things cheaper and they keep things family friendly but at a certain cost to their consumer base and i think that's what a lot of people are getting fed up with with nintendo and there are a lot of people looking at the uh switch i keep on to call it the nx with the switch and they, <laughs> they were looking at this as the last hope for nintendo and there are a lot of people at least on my facebook feed that were just like man rip nintendo this is it they're they're done for <laughs> Uh, because people were looking for those next, like those this current gen, maybe even beyond graphics. The idea is here. This reminds me of the Wii. The idea is there. This is cool. This is what people want. But it's a matter of the first party titles coming out on time. It's a matter of third party support as well. And it's a matter of what the the graphics are this thing can output. 
if they're just going to be the same as iPad, then why wouldn't people just get an iPad? Nintendo's already dipping their their toes in the iOS and mobile gaming market. That's true. So I don't know. I think I'm being a little more skeptical than I need to for this. <laughs> you're just angry tonight, Greg. You're like mad angry tonight. No, listen, I'm in I'm in Greg's boat, man, and I'm actually going to pass on this Nintendo system. Oh wow! Because yeah, I the first and that's one the only I, system you own is a, is a Wii U, right? That yeah, I mean, other than joining the PC Master Race, granted. Well, that's not that, a console. That's a that's a computer. Yeah, but it's a way here's of life. the thing. Here's the thing, I did not get the mileage I wanted to out of the Wii U. Like, yeah. like I was so disappointed, and I'm just not ready to to jump back in and and drop another three hundo or God even knows what next gen Nintendo console is going to cost now. But yeah, yeah, I can't do it. And as much as it pains me, because it looks like Skyrim Zelda is going to be the greatest goddamn thing I've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> but ah, oh, I just can't. I can't do it. My confidence is shattered. Do you think it's going to be backwards compatible? Is it? I mean, that's it has to. Hmm. How could it not be? I mean, I be how it was, could it though. be though? Because like the design yeah, of it, it does it is, yeah, cartridge based versus CDs. Mm. It's rough. It's... Or I wonder if it'll be like uh, Xbox One is now digital, or I guess it's still, but like you know, digitally backwards compatible. If you purchase a game digitally, you can play it on here. That I could maybe see. That would be that'd be cool. kind of cool. I can I can yeah. see a lot of people doing it just because that. But that's the big thing about Nintendo, though, too, is they've usually been backwards compatible, um, at least in recent generations, right? You can play Wii games on the Wii U. Yeah. You can play a Game Boy game all the way up to uh, Advance, Game Boy Advance. Hmm. You can play a DS game up to the new 3DS. Yeah. You know, that's been kind of their thing. I wonder if they're going to if they're going to put out any more handhelds because this or if this is going to be it. It's like their hand. Yeah, this oh, is their handheld. Their system in handle on one. Imagine putting this in your pocket, though. Ugh. I hate I'd anything to, in my I, pocket. I, everyone invest in Jenko jeans again. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't know, because oh, like, a lot of people like really love like the PSP and PSV does, and those are like monsters in themselves also. So I can see people getting like whatever carrying case or carrying bag they need for like this system. Mm-hmm. So it's not the first... like. Monsters Mad handheld. cats will rise again. No, <laughs> oh, don't Melt say that. Oh, oh, Mad cats, why? What a disaster! It ruined my PlayStation when I was younger. Right? <laughs> Just fried oh, it. Man. So, guys, that's all the nerders that we have to get out of the way. Stay tuned as we talk about the Exorcist. Enjoy, guys. The Exorcist was released on December 26, 1973, and has since established itself as one of the scariest movies of all time. What a lot of people don't realize is that the classic horror film is actually an adaptation of William Peter Blatty's novel of the same name, which was adapted for the screen by the author himself. The book was inspired by the 1949 Exorcism of Roland Doe, an obvious alias where priests of the Roman Catholic Church performed numerous exorcisms on a boy whose identity has been lost for all time. So this week, guys, for all of you tuning in, we watched The Exorcist, the extended director's cut of the movie, which was released back in the year 2000 and had a few minor tweaks here and there. The original runtime of the original movie was about two hours and two minutes. The extended cut is about two hours and 13 minutes, which math tells us, for those of you who love the math, Give us an extra 11 minutes of terror. Yes. Um, so with that said, guys, in your personal opinion, and I'm starting with you first, Jason. Okay. Do you think this movie held up? And now, you're, you, this is your first time seeing the movie, correct? That's right. All right. So this is your first time seeing the movie. You've seen other horror movies before this mm-hmm. that have been either inspired by or took something from The Exorcist. Do you think The Exorcist lives up to the hype, lives up to like being the scariest movie of all time? I don't, um, <laughs> and I don't, and I know that's going to be an unpopular opinion, but um, not to sound like a tough guy, because I refuse to watch this movie because I live in a basement. So I'm, <laughs> Joey I'm, Toughnuts over here, living yeah. in basements. Yeah, no, I'm not a huge. Listen, uh, for scary me, it's Baba Duke a bus. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but I mean, this, this, you know, it is a pretty eerie movie. Um, I like to call it the nightmare after Christmas for sure. Um, but it, it's not the scariest movie of all time. It's actually really funny to me. Um, and I think that's more of a defense mechanism than anything else. But this movie has a lot of great banter in it between uh, the priests and um, I forget her name already. Um, Reagan. Yeah, Reagan. Um, Ronald Reagan, yeah. Rain, Reagan and Chris McNeil, Ronald. which is very strange because that is my last name. So this is the first time I watch this movie and I see that. That's the creepiest part to me about the whole thing is that this family has my last name. Um, but it, it was good. It was good to watch. You know, I was actually confused when I first started watching it because I thought it was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, the yeah. opening scene is in the desert. You know, there's a lot of archaeology going on. And then I was like, oh, okay, I see I see what's happening. Something's yelling at him through sand. Perfectly Just waiting fine. for John Reese davies to show up. <laughs> Prequel um, to the mummy, really. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make my I'm gonna draw my line in the sand and say that this is not the scariest movie of all time. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, dude. Um I rewatched I I fell asleep four times in total watching this movie. Wow. Ooh. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. I was just like so the for me the the scariest part of this and it did have the old uh, the old ticker kind of racing for a bit is the beginning where it's just the black screen and that like bold clean just the Exorcist in red font and you hear the chanting and I was like oh yeah here we go and then it was just all kind of a, a letdown because all I can picture is just uh, Max von Sydow going be like she'll always be royalty to me <laughs> every single line that's he might have said something else but that's all he said to me. Was that was that line? But like, yeah, I don't know. It's just like such a letdown. Fell asleep multiple times. Um, it got loud, so I like that's when I woke up. <laughs> it's just like blah. It's like oh, it's like oh yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, let's turn it down a little bit and resume. Uh, but I don't know how anyone else kind of felt on on that. Casey, what again? Casey, you're like one of the first people to see it. What was your take on it, more or less? Yeah, this was actually the first time I ever saw it too. Um, All right. Which is funny because I'm growing up in a world where I've seen it made fun of a million times in Scary Movie and by Leslie Nielsen and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> you know, um, it scared the bejesus out of me. And I got to tell you, definitely a mistake to to watch it while I was eating. Um, <laughs> we haven't it's like I knew specifically. The, I was eating Shake Shack today, um, nice. which never goes down good for me. I. I don't. I do not know why I continue to eat it, but eating it with pea soup all over the walls and getting spit in the face and just bloody bloodness everywhere. Just bleh. don't threaten me with a good time. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! But it's uh, it scared the crap out of me. Like the it's not as there are a couple of jump scary type of moments. The um, the bit which apparently is not in the original cut where she. Spider walks down the stairs, oh, yeah. freaked me the fuck out. Mm. Um, Agreed. And looked and looked way too good for a movie made in 1973. By the way, <laughs> just like, putting that out there. Well, right? here's the thing about that scene. Um, so that scene was actually in the very first showing of The Exorcist, but so many people like freaked out and fainted in like the theaters that they cut it for the other showings. That's oh, wow. marketing for you. Now I keep the keep happens. the thing. Keep in mind though, this is the first time people has ever seen anything like this. And back when the movie mm. came out in the early in the seventies, like people were still about you know mother, father, daughter, child going to church every Sunday. You know, people were still into this whole thing. That was like ninety percent of the populace at that point, or maybe more like sixty. But still, it was a huge populace of religion. So this scared the bejesus of people because it went to their core. And that's in particular. Um, I forget the name of the actress, but she's a contortionist. And it wasn't a special effect. It's actually her walking down the stairs like that in, for real. Wow. No cable, no nothing. She it's actually just sped just, up, right? Nope. That's, her, that's how it's the speed she was going. What? Dude, that has I, to be sped that's up. That's going to be sped up. Man. She walked down the steps that way. No, she's sped up. It's, I don't believe that. Yeah, I, you, you had me up until you said she didn't speed up. Yeah. Here's why I believe that a little bit is that that girl looks so much like the girl who plays Eleven in uh, Stranger Things that I believe that she's actually got that ability. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually the same, same girl. Same <laughs> she's just never aged. <laughs> she has a condition, okay? <laughs> to talk about it. Yeah, it's called being possessed by the devil. <laughs> But yeah, like, uh, what, uh, what about you, Chris? Does it stand up for you a bit or not really? Like, how old were you when you first saw it? 
Um, so I probably this is probably my third time seeing the movie. I watched it first with my dad, um, probably when I was like I don't know f- between thirteen and fifteen, something along those lines. Um, then I watched it uh, again in high school with some friends, and I, I watched it again. Um, now I um, I really like it. I think one of the things I really liked about it is actually even though the the theme song for The Exorcist is kind of very iconic um, throughout a lot of the movie there isn't a lot of uh, thematic music through yep. a lot of some of the scariest stuff there actually oh. isn't a lot of tropes like they don't rely on on big like orchestra hits for like jump scares things like that they really let the horror of what's going on the screen sink in without needing any extra tropes inside hmm. there and that was one thing that really struck me um and I'm, I'm also with Casey where like there's a lot of the movie like I, I had seen before but that like walking down the stairs got me like again I was like oh god why am I watching this by myself this is creepy there, as hell not only that but like especially in the original cut like the whole beginning Indiana Jones thing like wasn't in the original cut either um, oh okay yeah, there's a lot of, like, basically there's a lot of things that weren't in the original, like, in the very original movie, like, the Indiana Jones thing wasn't in there. Um, the spider walk wasn't in it. Um, and I don't know if you guys noticed, but there's a lot of parts in the movie where they show, like, a flash of, like, a demonic face, like, in yep. the corner or stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, wasn't that Tyler That Durden? wasn't there either? That wasn't there either. That was added after the fact because people, what they said, oh. thought was, like, too many subliminal, subliminal effects and thought they were being possessed by the movie oh, like geez. because they saw like a demon in the corner and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and, and Brad Pitt wasn't alive yet, so they had to wait for him to be, you know, like an actor, and then they put the Tyler Durden flashes in there, and then... <laughs> I saw so many dicks in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, God, you guys are assholes. So, Dave, but, um, speaking of the Indiana Jones part, so one thing, I don't know if I just missed it, um, so he goes, he finds that little, like, digs up that little statue... And then mm-hmm. later on, is it the, the, the inspector? I don't even know. The dude with the mustache finds it at the bottom of the stairs. Did Were we privy to how that ended up at the bottom of the stairs? No. Like, um, I think what the thing, I think what that was, that she found the bottom of the stairs, was something that the daughter, um, Reagan, carved or created. Uh, okay. Yeah, because the, 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 that's why the detective, like, believe it or not, he's like, is one of my favorite characters in the movie, as dopey as he is. He's a really good detective if you really watch him. He's not that dope. Uh, yeah, I didn't find him that dopey. Um, he you was know, very like, casual. But, like, the way he would talk to, like, the priests or people, he'd just be like, I just want to go watch a movie with you. You know, like, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But he's a good he's, he's detective. A brother, he's a brother Seamus. Go on. Big Lebowski. But, yeah, no? so, uh, what was I going to say? Um, <laughs> that was a missed reference right there. Yeah, so oh, that's we a, the industry called bad. a miss. Yeah. <laughs> Bow your head in shame, Casey. All right, all right, all right. So, no, no, buy your head in shame, buy your head in shame. But anyway, um, what was I going with this? Oh, yeah, so he's, like, one of my be- favorite characters, but, um, yeah, like, the, the original cut, there's a lot that happened in the director's cut that we didn't see in the original cut. For instance, when the father is basically getting off of the train in New York, and that bum says, can you spare some change for an old altar boy father? That wasn't in the original cut. Hmm. Well, for that whatever pays reason, off later. They, yeah, and, they, and it, it does pay off later because they do the, what they say, what the, de- the demon says later on is an original cut. But people just, they made it seem like more scary, scarier that someone passed away, they're in hell, and they're asking for a change for an old altar boy. Hmm. That's what the original method was. But then they added the scene again with the bum to make it seem like he was guilty about not giving a bum, a priest, not giving a bum change. Yeah. So was there also uh, the scene where Reagan's going in for the, was it a CAT scan? Yeah, um, like for me, that scene felt like super gratuitous, and like it just kind of kept going and going, and I felt like yeah. wasn't necessary. Like necessary was that part in was that whole thing in the original cut or um, is that new? I think that was. I think it was an original because I remember the what I remember specifically also from the original movie was when they kind of like stuck her neck with the with that needle and the blood was coming out. Yeah. Like when they're doing like the whole X ray thing. I remember that specifically from the original movie. Keep in mind, guys. This doesn't explain a lot. I saw this movie when I was like five or six. So definitely not the age I should be seeing a movie like this, <laughs> which is why it terrifies me and I still love it till this day because of stuff like this. So a lot of it's still vivid in my head about how this movie was when I first watched it. Um, and growing up, like we just saw it originally on HBO back in the day. And then we saw it, we'd see it again every now and then on like um, 
for those of you that live in New York, they have like they had like WPIX channel eleven for like many many years, and it would be like one of their like eight o'clock Saturday night like movies right after Star Trek that they would show every now and then. Wow, that's got to be cut to hell for television. Oh, it is, but it was still terrifying for us, you know, watching it to that point. Sure. Um, but yeah, like it definitely has been a movie that influenced many, which is why some people find it funny nowadays watching for the first time, because we've seen a lot of the same antics over and over mm-hmm. again. You know, I saw um, a lot the uh, so like even though there isn't a lot of music in there, one of the one of the things that was in there near the beginning was this very like shrill. Um, violin kind of trill that was in there um that made me like that's a trope that we've seen in uh, like a whole bunch of things for instance like uh, Mm -hmm. insidious i feel like is is a lot of the things that we hear in insidious is like a throwback to um to that very shrieky violin trill no it's true like um for instance, also like other like Exorcism of Emily, Emily Rose, yeah, borrows a lot from this movie. If you watch it now, it borrows a ton. That scared um, the hell out of me when I was yeah. <laughs> or like um, The Conjuring borrowed a lot from this movie. You could see it in The Conjuring sure, oh, as yeah. well. You know, so yeah. a lot of movies have borrowed from it, which is why for some people it's not as scary as it was when it first came out. When it was just a revolutionary, just phenomenal movie. Hmm. Like, for instance, yeah. the actress who, the voice of the actress who played the demon, uh, Mercedes McCambridge, female, female actress, because that's what actresses are, they're female. Um, <laughs> but a woman basically did the voice of the demon. To do the voice of the demon, she basically, I think, smoked like two packs a day of cigarettes and oh. drank a, and would drink like raw eggs every day to get her voice Whoa. all fucked up to make that voice. What? Yeah. Jesus. Just to get that voice that just sounds so, like, droll and blah. Yeah. Jeez. That's that's the scariest part. (laughs) Yeah, her voice. (laughs) No, but she did. I I like how, like, all the psychiatrists, everyone was just like, yeah, she's just crazy. And she has, like, a blatantly different voice. Yeah, she's just crazy. Yeah. Don't worry about it. No big deal. (laughs) <laughs> the lip sync slightly off. Yeah, she's just crazy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's fine. Just give her a couple pills. She'll be good in the morning. Mm-hmm. So if we have craziness of like you know people kind of doing those voiceover things, um, it, it kind of looks like there was actually a lot of stuff that was going on in the background, the production of the movie. Uh, so what are some of the things that we've we've that are some of the stories from behind the scenes that we have heard about? Ah, yes, this old, these old chestnuts. So there's quite a few that kind of added to the, the, the horror element of this, where there's nothing quite like a good scary movie. And to really back up a good scary movie, you have to have freaky things happen during mm-hmm. this scary movie. So, for example, um, one of the main characters, Toddler's son, who what well, my sources when I was reading multiple sources stated that this toddler ended up growing up to be fine. It was fine. Jason Patrick but got into a terrible, like, mo- got hit by a motorcycle or something, like, terrible accident, like, was hospitalized. It was crazy. The woman who played uh, the priest, the the main priest, what was his name? Merrick, right? No. No, I was not, that, yeah, I know who you're talking about, though. Not not Van Sido, the other guy. Yeah. Um, the, guy, the woman who played his mother died in between the time this movie was released and or was finished production and when the movie was actually released. So it's a lot of just, like, freaky stuff like that that I think also added to this uh, horror hype for this movie hmm. which is also very interesting. Uh, Max von Sydow's brother also died uh, during the filming of this movie and he had to, to go fly over um, and attend his brother's funeral which is also super sad. Yeah. So yeah. Also fun fact they just threw like Max von Sydow in some just like prosthetics to make him look older. Yep. He's actually in that movie. I think he's like 30 years old in that movie, give or take. I think he's like mid- 30s. late 30s, late 30s, early 40s, yeah. I think. Who is he in um, the which movie? He Aaron, was uh, he's the, the priest. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, he was the main priest. Yeah, yeah, he was the Indiana Jones priest. Uh, <laughs> okay. Which goes to show like his acting chops, because if no one really told you that, you would think he's a re- an actual old man. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but after knowing that, he's hamming it up a little bit with the shaky <laughs> and like the... The, and he like he has like a bad back at some point, so he like kind of gets up a little slow, and hmm. you know like he he does ham it up for the camera a little bit. But mm-hmm. when he's I first mugging, saw this he's movie, he's mugging it for all it's worth. <laughs> he really is. 
Because he knows um, in about in about you know forty years they're gonna put him in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> now um, that character, that priest, is that the same priest from Exorcist: The Beginning? Yes, it's the same exact priest. Exorcist in the, in the Exorcist: Beginning, we actually see the original exorcism they're talking about that he does. All right. Cool. So like in like in the the original Exorcist, the one we all watched. Um, they talk about he did he has the most experience because he performed an exorcism like twenty or thirty years beforehand. So an exorcism, the beginning, or exorcism, heretic, whatever the f they called it, after like all the different rewrites, um, that's what we see him do. The first exorcism, and him almost pretty much die doing it for the most part. Hmm. Cool. I watched that a while ago. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, that's what connected it. I don't think I ever like put the two to two together <laughs> of like, oh, this <laughs> is actually the same story, not just a random thing they slapped the exorcist on. Yeah. Imagine if you never watched like the the version we watch, and you go to watch the beginning, and you're just like, "What's going on here? Yeah, I don't understand this. Hmm. This is weird. <laughs> this is just capitalizing on the mummy's fame. That's what this is doing. <laughs> That's true. Bring back Brendan Fraser's career. Oh, just bring back <laughs> Brendan Fraser. I know. Come on. You wouldn't say that after you've seen what his website looks like. Is it crazy? <sighs> it still uses oh, like Flash One. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so. One of the big points in the movie, obviously, is the actual green slime puke, which we've all seen from, like, every other movie also. Other movies have made fun of it. Obviously, Scary Movie made fun of it hardcore. Um, and also, like, Repossessed with Leslie Nielsen and all that stuff. Um, so, in the when the movie originally first came out, again, that was another, like, groundbreaking, like, special effect they pulled off. Um a lot of people who see it recently think it does look really cheesy. Um, what do you guys think of that effect altogether with the with the green slime? I think it's uh, gross. I, I think Slimer's lawyers are going to have something to say about that. <laughs> well, Although... actually, Slimer, like their lawyers, have something to say about Slimer because this came out before Ghostbusters. Unless you're a time oh. traveler like I am, and then you watch them out of order. And in my timeline, Ghostbusters came out first. <laughs> Greg perceives time backwards. <laughs> it's like Benjamin Button. But He's like a time traveling lawyer for movies. <laughs> for movie slime. <laughs> no, I mean that sort of reminds me of it all honesty. Like mm-hmm. like the color of it because it's, it's a very like rich green, right? It's very it's graphic. Viscous. It's very very yeah. <laughs> but like ultimately like it just reminds me of Ghostbusters now. Mm-hmm. To me it uh it gets the point across that something's wrong with her. You know what I mean? Like she's yeah. she's vile inside, so it did the job. Up until that point, you thought she was perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, up until that point, she was just crazy to Jason. Yeah, I just thought that you know all the floating shit was just crazy, mm-hmm. and, her, and her neck turning all the way around that was normal. Side effect of split personality disorder. Man. I, I thought that that the neck twist was going to look a lot better than it did. Yeah, yeah. I don't bad. I don't know why I was expecting it to. Maybe because it looks kind of all right in Little Nicky when he does it, and I'm like, huh. <laughs> It was like you tell me Adam Sandler does a better Exorcist than The Exorcist. Wah, wah, wah. Also, I was thinking of a scary movie where the vomit just keeps on coming, and when she just actually does it, I was coming. like, "That's not that much." <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. Or when, yeah. She, or when she pees on the floor. Yeah. Oh yeah. We've been um, ruined. We've been ruined by parody. Yeah, <laughs> no, really it's true. Have. Like it, it it's is terrible. true. Like um, there's a movie that came out years ago before like the big slasher craze. Like I mean, like back in the '70s called Madman. Um. And in Madman, it's basically about this guy that just tra- travels around New York, you know, killing women, scalping them, and then, like, bringing, like, their scalps back to, like, his house, where he has mannequins dressed up as women, puts the scalps on the women, and they make fun of him, basically, in his head. Like, that's what he Isn't needs it? to go about his day. Wow. Um, it was later remade. Elijah Wood? Yep, it was remade later with Elijah Wood. Um, I remember that one. Weird. And Elijah Wood did it a little bit better because they did it from Elijah Wood's point of view. Yeah. And so he murdered that. someone, which I thought that was like was very, crazy. very well done. Now, if you watch Mad Men, pretty much you see every single slash movie that came after it because you can like call everything that happens to a T. You see Halloween. You see um, Friday the 13th. You see like Nightmare on Elm Street. You see Scream. Every single slasher flick that has come after it. You see it. So the movie isn't as like scary or grotesque or as like shocking as it once was. Yeah. You know, and it's the same thing with this. Like it happens especially in the horror genre, since a lot of people like the shock value, the jump scares and like screaming things coming at you, blah like it's no longer movies like this aren't as scary or as impactful 
as they used to be, you know? Sure. Yeah, I think, like, if they made this movie now, the the special effects would, like, shoot probably through the roof. Like, a lot of times you hear, in, in scary movies now, you hear, um, you know, thematic tones in the background. You see, like, the whole room get dark when, when you're interacting with this thing. You see, I don't know, smoke coming out of places. And I think, like, the fact that this is the very... Cold, un- the cold breath. The cold breath was, dive. Yeah, that was good. Ooh. That did it for me. I That freaked me out. Yeah, so, I love that. Funny spe- fact. Well, actually, fin- finish up, Chris. What were you saying? Oh, no. I, th- I just think that, like, this movie now, like, they should definitely never remake this movie because just how it is. Uh, and I think that, like, it being a, a token of, like, its time um, really plays it because I, I think that a lot of the creepiness of the movie does come from the fact that it's a little bit dated. Um, yeah. That, mm-hmm. that actually, I think, made it even better for me. Like, the, the exorcism scene specifically with the cold breath. Another, like, visionary special effect. What these guys did was so that so that, that bedroom scene is like two different scenes, basically. There's a scene that's actually in the house, and there's a set they built. The set they built is like scale to scale like the room that's in the house that they're filming. And what they did is they built the set first. Then they custom built a refrigerator Ooh. around the set, basically. And they dropped the temperature to wow. like 10 degrees. Ooh. So the Ooh. breath that's coming out and them freezing is actually them freezing because it's being filmed in a giant refrigerator for the scene. That's what we like to call forced method acting, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I mean, they probably could have just just built it on a skating rink and they would have had the same effect. Yeah, but they wanted, like, the full, like, breath coming out. They wanted to control, like, the lighting. They wanted to control as much as they could and make it seem, like, very, very uncomfortable to the audience. So they just built the entire thing around it. Like, even in a skating rink, it doesn't get as cold as it got cold in that refrigerator. Yeah, but you still have your breath going. Yeah, but, like, the way it comes out and the way they had it in that movie, it wouldn't come out as, like, smoky or as as steamy. Hmm. Eh. Like, they dropped the temperature, like, hard for that scene. And it it worked out. It made it a very scary scene. And it made... That's one of the scenes people remember is their breath. Exactly. Even, like, whether you love it or hate it, you remember that scene because of their breath. Yeah. There is- I remember that scene because that's when Re- uh, Reagan started looking like Chucky from Child's Play. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, how much is taken from this? Movie? A lot. I know. A lot. It's, Think about it's a real. It's a real trendsetter. Yeah, that's like the, what makes the movie great. Is that love it or hate it? A lot of horror movies you have seen have come from this movie. Like three different movies have um, influenced modern day horror, sure, in some way, shape, or form. Exorcist. Night of the Living Dead, and the Shining. What was the other one, not really the Shining. Friday the um, Oh no, no, crap! I just had it, but I just had a brain. I just lost it. But basically, those like there's movies that basically that oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There it is. So those movies, you watch those movies, they look they look dated and stupid now. But when you watch other movies that come after, you can see where they got their beginnings from. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. There is a, there's another great shot. There's one like shot in particular where there's a uh, a fa- there's a face change, and it's um, when she is talking to the psychiatrist. And there's oh yeah, when she's talking to the psychiatrist. There's a moment right before she jumps out and slaps the dude where her face changes. Um, and I thought like especially for something that was made in 1973, it actually looks really really good and scared the yeah. crap out of me. Yeah, that's one of those things that looked. I think it looked. A lot better than anything else on here, but they pr- pr- it was probably by accident. They're probably like, all right, this is how we're going to do it in practice. This is how it should work. And they did it a couple times more because they did it at the end, too, when you saw uh, the demon. I think his name is Pazuz or something like that, but you see the demon, right? They don't uh, name the demon in the movie. It, I, I looked it up. It's called that. Pazuz. Pazuzu. Something or other. Pazuzu. Pazuzu and sorry. Pazuzu. Not going to work here anymore. Count it. Count it. Every time. <laughs> that, that's the new Mark Hamill for me, I think, because it's not going to work anymore. Um, but they do it again, and it doesn't look as good. I think just the elements really worked in its favor for that first time that we see yeah. that like shift, um, which is always the case with these older movies. But it, it does, like you were saying earlier, because it adds that charm. It adds that nice little like creepier touch where things just don't look – they just look slightly off, and you can't really place it too much that modern special effects would totally – um, miss out on something I kind of wanted to uh, touch up upon before we move into the segue as well is ultimately 
this is like a lot of people focus on the exorcism and the horror elements of it, but there's a human element to it as oh, yeah. well. This is about a priest who has lost his faith. Yeah. He, he's like started practicing a completely different thing. Like he was, was he a psychiatrist and a priest or a priest and a psychiatrist? He was a priest and he became yeah. a psychiatrist. They sent right? him to. So he's even abandoning his faith at some point. He's ready to let it go. And when confronted with a real life scenario, his gut reaction is to not go with what he has been taught first and foremost. It's to go with the latter. So there's also in, in this, the actor on it was just, just great. Like it was well casted. Um, they say he resembles a fighter, and he, he totally does. Yeah, he, he kind of really looks does. like, mm. uh, he, to me, kind of looks like a little bit of a Sylvester Stallone type. Exorcism! He's really, he's really hitting that bag in the gym for a priest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's conflicted. He's tormented. He's, like, he's sent his mother to, like, a crazy person home. Like, he's not in the right state of mind, and he knows it. And he's trying to figure out how to get right with himself and get right with the world around him. And it's just like a tragic end for this guy. I forgot how the movie ended. And then I kind of, I was like, oh, oh, that's how it ends. Oh, (laughs) double kill. There's a reason why they kept showing us these stairs over and over again. Son of a bitch. (laughs) But... It was like a lot of people just forget about about the priest, and he's the focus of it's it. It's a great Actually, story. The, yeah, yeah, it's I mean, almost like, as if the movie is named after him or something. I, so that's the <laughs> another another moment from my life. So um, before the podcast tonight, I'm sitting there talking to my girlfriend. We're talking about the Exorcist. She like caught glimpses of it when she was too young because her father was watching it and just petrified. When I was watching it, she ran past the room going like, no, 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 like covering, like shielding her eyes. And I'm like, but it's just the priest talking now. It's not even scary parts. It's just the priest talking. She's like, I don't care. But we're talking about it. And she was like, well, the exorcist isn't nice. She just spits up goop all over the place. And I was like, you know that the exorcist isn't the possessed person, right? <laughs> and she's like, well, you know what I meant. But I was like, no, no, no. Do you know what you meant? Because a lot of people do that. Like, that's Yeah, it's true. They, they, it's like it's kind of like holding Link Zelda. I was just oh, gonna say that. Yeah, right. Like it's it's the same thing. It's like you have this idea in your head, and you have a name, and they you just mash them together, even though it's not correct. Like you have the title, The Exorcist, and everyone knows Reagan, so Reagan must be the Exorcist, right? Yeah. You have this thing called the Legend of Zelda, and you have this hero who's going through it, and you know what the hero looks like, so his name must be Zelda, right? No. Surely. It's wrong. Stop it. It's not cool. <laughs> Led's my but favorite it, uh, band member from Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who? The, the who? The who's, the what? Le, the who's your favorite member? They want you to take the roles. <laughs> okay, moving on. So, yeah, there it is. I worked it in. The other, my other favorite reference. So, guys, time to move on to the next segment. We're just about to over into it, which means it's time for my secret question. Secret question. Hey, guys, guess what I found? What'd you find? Oh, no. It's coming. Is it oh, it's, it's backwards. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I found it. And there's more Pack treasures inside of it now. Storage. Special for the NX release. Uh, wah, wah. Sorry, Switch. Sorry. That was good. I liked it. That was good. No, no, Chris, take a bow. That was good. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, tonight we talked about our movie club pick, which is The Exorcist. Thank you, Dave, for picking such a a wonderful movie to talk about. Uh, We talked about the history. We talked about our thoughts of it, whether it's the first time we saw it or not, if it held up. We talked about the practical effects. We talked about how they did a lot of these things and some of the urban myths behind this. My secret question tonight is going to be a rather convoluted one, but it should be a good time. If you were to find someone who has not seen this movie and you were to make up your own urban myth about this movie, what would it be? Oh, oh. this is going to be a fun one. And tonight hmm. we're going to start with Jay's Mac. All right. So if I were to create my own urban myth about this movie, it's that um, the technology that they use is actually time machines, and they actually pulled a lot of actors and actresses from this era to film then. Um, and they brought technology back. It, 
everybody's going to know it's a total lie, but uh, I'm really good at convincing them. So, mm-hmm. um, especially with a girl that looks like Eleven from Stranger Things, uh, and also the guy at the end looks like uh, Brian Cranston. I noticed that as well. Right? Like, oh he my looks god, you're so right. similar to him, and I'm like, this is fucking weird. Like, this is the actual scariest part of the whole movie. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, my last name. They're like actors that are around in real life. What the fuck yeah. is this shit? So, so to me, that that's that's the myth right there. Nice, yeah. nice. Um, and Dot Chris, what about you? So this is a true story about this movie. Yeah. Is that the scene where the bed is 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 jumping up and down and throwing Reagan around? Um, underneath the bed was actually Lou Ferrigno kicking and punching the bed up and down. Now, when Reagan vomits all the green stuff all over the place, it got all over Lou Ferrigno, and that is how he used that tape as his audition for the Hulk. (laughs) Nice. It's going to be a hard one to top, but we are going to try with Dave. So, the scene where they're playing, like, the um, when Reagan is talking backwards... And he's like trying to figure out what language it is, and the guy tells him it's not, it's not, it, it is a language just speaking English backwards. That scene was an EVP they accidentally recorded during the filming of this movie. During the exorcism, they had the mics rolling, and they the mic picked up a very weird, strange sound. They played it again. They heard this EVP. When they tried to figure out what the EVP was, someone said, "Hey, this is English backwards. Play it backwards." And like, well, you know what? So we got it recorded. Let's put it in the movie. Now, they did Hollywood it up a little bit and added a bit more embellishments, made it sound better, but an actual real EVP was recorded during this movie, and you can find it if you look really hard enough. You look look for the electronic voice phenomenon? With your eyes? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Look at, yeah, that's part of the urban myth. You have to look at it. You have to see see the audio. You can hear it. Yeah. You You can see the audio. (laughs) You can see the ghosts. It's actually, that was the the only part that was recorded forwards. The rest of it was actually backwards. (laughs) So when they put it back, (laughs) it was just the reversed, actually. That's it. Uh, Casey, what about you, my friend? Well, in a, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, <laughs> far away... Oh, God. The evil Sith Lord, Darth Pazuzu, <laughs> possessed a young Jedi Knight living in a world of, on a planet not too dissimilar to our own. And the great Lor Santeca, undeniably in his greatest disguise ever as, the, as a Terran priest... <laughs> is tasked to find another upstart young Padawan and quell the evil from the Jedi forever, thus bringing balance to the Force. <laughs> and, a horror, and a horror movie franchise to a, a standstill because, God, there are no sequels to this. So The Exorcist <laughs> is after Episode 7. He just comes back. He just comes yes. back. He- he dies he twice. You, you can't listen. You can't keep a good Max von Sydow down. Well, maybe he he learned how to. Oh, maybe he learned the secret of immortality, and that's who Palpatine is talking about. Oh, and was it episode two, three, two or three? Well, well, you've outdone me at my own game. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, my urban myth for this is this is actually two different movies that are cleverly cut together. You have uh, the the <laughs> troubled mother, the single mother who is is. <laughs> with her daughter and trying to just like you know essentially get her the help that she needs and there's a horror movie at the end of it so what they did is they they actually it's a foreign movie right in order to really make it appeal to american audiences they had to dress it up somehow so they added in the possession at the end um so it's really about a mother it's a love story actually between a priest losing his faith and a single mom so it's Aww. like the pursuit of happiness built this. It's the pursuit of happiness. It's it's what the pursuit of happiness was based on. <laughs> and rent. I thought you were gonna say Terrible. it's just one storyline from the original Freaky Friday. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't see the creepy like like ninety year old smoker that she switched bodies with. Hey, listen, I, I was one step away from making this into a Requiem for a Dream crossover. That's the same Ooh. mom. It is, yeah, you're right. That's yeah, the mom right. from Requiem from a Dream. Really? I'm going to walk across the stage. <laughs> Why'd you have to remind me of that movie? <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, man. 
All right, before we talk more about Requiem for a Dream, we're going to cut and paste, not paste, cut and stop right here. Um, (laughs) Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Bad Kitty Funky podcast. This has been issue number 73, Movie Club, The Exorcist. Remember to tune in each and every Thursday night here at twitch.tv slash Funky at 9.30-ish p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I just talk about a different subject every week. Stay tuned next week to find out what we're going to talk about then. Remember to follow us on the Insta hams for your instant ham, as Sergio always says. Um, and stay tuned right here for a lot more fun. And go to backcodyfunky.com for more articles. And you can watch all the trailers we talked about today and more. This week, we had Jay's Mac. Hey, hey. And uh, just Mike, you have your your new channel up and running, kind of going yet? Yeah, just about there. Uh, it was a long struggle to get my my channel back. Um, somebody took the name somehow. I don't know what happened. Uh, I actually had a had a fight and just guess a whole lot at figuring out how to get <laughs> my name my name back. But uh, it's there. It used to be super long and annoying, and I just have it back to Jay's Mac. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter at underscore Jay's Mac underscore. Twitch and YouTube, Jay's Mac. Nice. Uh, Doc Chris. Now in Technicolor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> TV's Casey. And Dave the Beard of Venice. <laughs> I got nothing. He was going to say can't it. do it. Oh, I hate you, Casey. And Dave, uh, where, can, where, where can people find you? And tell us all about your nightmares and horrors since we're on the subject. So people, if people do want to find me, and if they're brave enough, they can just tune into my, ta- my channel on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Dave the Bearded Menace, where I do Nightmares and Horrors, where I play a different horror game, where I just play a horror game every Wednesday night at, at 1030 Eastern. It is October, so I will be streaming every single night, so make sure you stay tuned in to my Twitter, at the Bearded Menace, where I'm going to basically tell you when I'm going live, when I'm doing a pop-up stream, and I promise you I'm doing a horror, I'm playing every single night, and I have a very, very, very special surprise saved for Halloween night. So make sure to tune in Halloween at 9 o'clock to twitch.tv slash David Beard Menace for a very special horror game. Ooh. I really want it to be October 31st right now. So I can do that. And I'm Booster Greg, guys. Remember to tune in to my channel at twitch.tv slash Booster Greg. Each and every, except this past one because I forgot. Sorry, guys. Saturday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time where I'm currently playing Until Dawn, which is a really cool game. Pretty cool. Almost got spoiled. Thanks to my mods for uh, not letting that happen. And uh, we'll do, we do pop-up streams, the whole deal. At Booster Greg on Twitter. And you can just Google Booster Greg. You'll probably find me anywhere. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in tonight and hanging out. Decided to spend your last hour and some change with us. And remember, we will see you next time. Or we will see you another time. Or Or never. never. We'll see you never. Or never. I am no one. I am no one. Let her die.